Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Golden 20s podcast. My name is Sadie, and I'm joined by Tegan, and today we're actually also joined by a special guest named Dallas. Dallas Barnes is the founder and CEO of femtech startup Raya Health. Founded in 2020, Raya Health helps people find the right birth control option for them by putting the user at the forefront and providing personalized information and support to guide people through their unique birth control journey. You can think of Raya Health as your birth control best friend. Their goal is to help you feel comfortable and confident with your chosen contraceptive. Let's start with maybe Dallas, you just telling us about yourself and your company and what made you want to start Raya Health. Of course. So actually, I will say today is Raya's two-year birthday. Congratulations. Thank you. I love that, you know, I get to spend my afternoon now chatting about it. It seems very timely. So thank you for creating the space for us for us to do this and have this conversation. I started Rhea out of my own personal struggles with birth control and reproductive health in general, but largely not being able to find a birth control option that I liked and that was compatible with my body and my lifestyle and goals really of what I wanted out of a contraceptive method. I spent years trying different birth control options, trying everything under the sun from you know, condoms, various pill methods, IUDs, fertility awareness, all of the things. And every method just left me feeling totally unlike myself. One option that I was using in particular, my body just reacted so adversely to, I was experiencing chronic ovarian cysts, chronic UTIs, uh, constant pain, bleeding, and just overall discomfort. And one of the cysts actually, my body or One of the cysts was so debilitating that I was admitted to the hospital. And that was the last straw for me. I'm like, not only in this entire process, I have often felt dismissed by healthcare providers and, you know, oh, you'll you'll get used to it. Like your body will adjust. Mm -hmm. And I understand there is that adjustment period when trying a new birth control option. But these things that I was experiencing went far beyond a regular time frame and were then interfering with my everyday life. And so I ended up taking matters into my own hands and started being a serious health advocate for myself and ended up finding a birth control option that I thought could work well. Got the prescription. It was one of the best options that I've used so far. And that experience was so liberating and empowering that I wanted to share it with friends and family. And so it started off with just me like giving tips and tricks (laughs) to my friends on things to think about when um, going to try a new birth control option, things to ask their physician. And then I started to realize how larger than myself this problem really was and how many other Mm -hmm. people struggled with the trial and error process of birth control and not getting the support that they need or their questions going unanswered. They're not being relevant information on their own situation. And so I ended up working with a team of medical professionals. So we worked with a group of OBGYNs, family physicians, and naturopaths to create what is now the methodology behind Raya Health's digital platform. So what Rhea does, we have a digital platform for personalized contraceptive counseling. We help people navigate everything from 
finding the best first contraption for them, helping them track and monitor any side effects or symptoms, really their overall use of that option, all the while enabling the individual with personalized tools, resources, information, and support so that they feel confident and comfortable in their birth control journey. That's amazing. I love that so much. And it really sucks that you had to go through all that pain and, you know, all that trial and error on your own. But it's so, so awesome that you're now taking what you learned along the way and sharing that information beyond your friends and family, but with absolutely anybody who is looking for more information. So I love that. Our listeners are primarily women. So I think this episode's going to resonate a lot. And Our listeners also do skew a little bit on the younger side as well. So I feel like we're going to ask you a lot of just kind of birth control 101, birth control basics type questions. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. The first one's, what are the common reasons people start using birth control? I feel like we all know it's, you know, often once you start having sex to prevent pregnancy, but are there other reasons people might look into using birth control? A hundred percent. There's actually a number of (laughs) reasons. So of course, pregnancy prevention is a top one. There are also means to be using birth control. People might use birth control for, you know, period or PMS related symptoms, either mood swings, acne or skin conditions could be just regulating and keeping a consistent cycle. Largely, things that somebody experiences that are hormonal and that are tied and patterned with their menstrual cycle is when somebody might look towards hormonal birth control to help manage that. This could be through the pill, IUD sometimes, NuvaRing. There's also, of course, the fertility awareness method. So this can help somebody get in tune with their body and understand their cycle on a more Mm. intimate level. And that can be really powerful Mm -hmm. in a lot of other areas of somebody's health and wellness, that being diet, uh, weight management, skin, for sure. Um, Just mood Mm -hmm. overall, we can, we're starting to learn different things about our bodies and what our bodies need at various points within our menstrual cycle and fertility awareness method can be a really helpful tool in understanding where you are in your cycle that can help you in other aspects of your life more than just the pregnancy prevention method. We also have barrier methods. So those are your internal and external condom otherwise known as male and female condom. And not only is this great pregnancy prevention, but it's also STI prevention and good barriers for that. So that's one that definitely is a good, you know, side effect benefit, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Also kind of a fun fact that I will include, this does go along the pregnancy prevention side of things, but Mm -hmm. the copper IUD can also be used as an emergency contraceptive. So somebody is able to, if they've had unprotected sex and are at risk of an unwanted pregnancy, they are then able to get a copper IUD and that will work uh, similar to a plan B, but it'll be that emergency contraceptive. Well, fun fact, I like to squeeze in. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you for the kind of like overall rundown because I feel like it can be sort of overwhelming, especially if you're new to the world of birth control, trying to even know where to start. So maybe you could give like some tips or tricks for someone who's never been on birth control before, wants to figure out what type 
works for them, where would they sort of start that journey? I think a big question that often goes left unasked is what the individual's goal is with their birth control. Is it pregnancy prevention? Is it STI prevention? Maybe it's a combination of all of the above. And I think then we start to categorize the different options. Luckily today, there are so many different options that we do have available here in Canada. We need more, of Mm -hmm. course, especially non-hormonal methods. We do need more options, but we do have the power of choice. And so there is an option out there for everybody. And it's about asking the proper questions up front and really having conversations with ourselves, with a physician, with other supporters, using platforms like Rev, shameless plug, um, <laughs> to help go through this process. Because just as you say, there are a lot of things to navigate and things to think about. So first and foremost, what is your goal with using birth control? Some other things to think about that kind of splits the options in two is if you are interested in something that's hormonal or non-hormonal. There are benefits and drawbacks to both. Sometimes people are best suited to one or the other. Sometimes it is unsafe or dangerous for somebody to use synthetic estrogen or hormonal option due to other medical conditions that they already have. So then that really narrows them down to hormonal methods. Our process goes through that, helps navigate that, but that's also something you can figure out with your physician or your nurse practitioner. And really, you know, is affordability important to you? Is ease of use important to you? So is it something you just want to do once every few years and good to go and you can just put it out of your mind? Or do you want to have more of a conscious Mm -hmm. control of that? So taking a pill every day or more instantaneous. So using a condom, something that you have direct control over rather than having a medical procedure be involved. Speaking of, you know, the implant or the IUD, for instance, what else, what else? (laughs) (laughs) Also, you know, if you're somebody who can think or remember to take a pill at the same time every day, that's a huge one. And Mm. if that's not a part of your you know, daily habit building, then maybe there's a better option out there that makes that method more effective for you. Yeah, perfect. That's great. Yeah, we're big goal setters. So the fact that this all starts <laughs> with setting a goal, we love yeah. so much. <laughs> I think it's that's so important. a great place yeah. to start. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, like birth control is so personalized. You know what I mean? Like it's not a one size fits all solution. And that's exactly what your company is about. So even if you're talking to your friends about what they're doing and what's working for them, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. And it really starts with your personalized goal. And then, like you said, going through that assessment of hormonal, non-hormonal and whatnot. And that's another thing that we also really love about Raya Health and just researching what you guys do is how you're very neutral on that. Because I think I think a lot of the time it's just birth control. Automatically you think, okay, I have to take a pill every day and it's going to mess my with my hormones and there's going to be side effects, but that's just what birth control is, you know? So I think it's great that you guys say, like your whole mission is, no, that doesn't need to be your life and we'll find what works best, like personally totally. for you. So 
Yeah. So speaking maybe of some of those side effects of hormonal birth control, how do you know when it's time to switch to something new or to try something else? I know you mentioned that you had a bit of trial and error and there is that adjustment period once you do try something new, but when do you know when enough is enough, this isn't working, I need to try something else? Of course. So a few things that I want to say to kind of preface my response. The first being, I'm not a medical professional. So anything that I'm sharing, of (laughs) course, is just what I've learned along my journey and in building this company and this platform. Also, we we have this conversation sometimes around, you know, is this option working for me or not? Is this a, a good option for me? Does it work for me? And that idea in itself. So birth control, its purpose, largely birth control is created to prevent pregnancy. We now, just as I've Mm -hmm. mentioned, or have been using it in other areas for other, for other means than just pregnancy prevention. And I think that's great. You know, we can use this as tools, another tool that we can have in our toolbox, but at the core of it, the fundamentals is a birth control option is working when it prevents pregnancy. And of course, each birth control option has its own efficacy rate and effectiveness. But at the end of the day, if it, you know, it's preventing pregnancy, it's it's working for you. That being Mm -hmm. said, there's also this other element that we're responding to. These are medications we're taking. These are, you know, routines that we're doing, just like any diet or workout program your body is experiencing changes, even with Advil, you know, your body is experiencing changes and you could, those changes could be good or they go unnoticed. Other times they can really impact your life and they can be significant. And that's when we have to pay attention and think on a personal level, what is my boundary when it comes to how this option could make me feel? And even setting those out beforehand. So this is something that we actually help our members through at Rhea. Feature of ours is going through your birth control boundaries. So what are all the potential things that could happen? And let's talk about them. You know, we understand that Mm. as, again, as with any diet or workout program and birth control, when we try something new, our body does have to have this adjustment period. You know, you might be sore after you do a kickboxing class or whatever. And that's just the name of the game. But in that adjustment period, we have to understand what are you willing to tolerate in order for it Mm. to accomplish your goals in using this birth control option? And how long are you willing to tolerate that? So to kind of break this down, as an example, if I'm going on the IUD, for instance, I know that some common side effects are cramping and bleeding. So before I try the IUD, I need to think to myself, okay, I'm okay with, you know, some cramping, like a period for maybe about a month or so as my body is adjusting to this new option. That's fine. I'll take some Advil. But if it starts to, if I am in bed a few days a week, or it's too, it's too painful, whatever marker I make that up, (laughs) then, you know, that's a conversation that I need to need to be having if it's, if that option is worth it for me or not. As with, okay, bleeding, I'm okay with some spotting for a couple of months, but if it's period bleeding, period-like bleeding for over a month, then that's, that crosses a boundary for me. So really outlining all of these things so you're prepared. You have kind of these markers 
And when we have those conversations beforehand, people are more prepared. They have the knowledge, they have the resources, the tools and the proper support that they need to check in with themselves and go through this adjustment period, if you will, better equipped. And so I personally think that when looking at a birth control method and thinking, okay, is it time for me to switch or is this option the best fit for me is so subjective, (laughs) but it's so important that you do have those conversations up front. So, you know, and you can be honest with yourself and maybe actually, maybe I start using the IUD and like the cramping really isn't that bad. And my marker, you know, that I had the boundary that I had really, I'm okay with it. And I like all of the other added benefits with having the IUD more. And that's, that's okay. You know, I'll continue to use that option Mm -hmm. or maybe I get it. And like two weeks in and just like, can't get out of bed. Then for me, that would be something that I'm like, okay, I need to go to my doctor and let's talk about maybe different options or, or what's next Mm -hmm. for me. I think it's hard for me to say as an outsider of everybody else's life, you know, oh, when this happens, then you have to switch. You know, I think it's more so about providing information and information that's relevant to that particular individual. So really helping them navigate these tools themselves. Oftentimes chatting with different physicians and different medical professionals, there's this narrative that patients can't handle medical information. And this is when we oftentimes are, you know, given a prescription or not told the whole story or, you know, we're kind of brushed aside. And that's frustrating as a patient. And Mm -hmm. yes, they are the medical experts, but we are the experts of our own body and of our own experience. And I think healthcare now needs to be more collaborative. So with Rhea, we are really aiming to put the individual at the forefront of this decision-making process. And again, empower them with tools, information, and support that's personalized to their own situation. Yeah. I feel like that was a very long-winded answer to your question. But you can tell I'm passionate. Yeah, that's perfect. And well, exactly like you said, it's like complicated and every single person has a different story and journey. So it's not like, well, if you feel cramps, switch birth control, like it's so personalized. So mm-hmm. I think it makes sense that it was a long, passionate answer. Yeah. So kind of in the same vein as that, trying to find information on birth control, I find it so easy to see, I guess, like misinformation about birth control. Mm -hmm. And this might just Mm -hmm. be because I spend a lot of time on TikTok, but I see so much stuff that's like, IUDs are so painful. You will pass out when you get them. Birth control makes you gain weight like crazy. Birth control will completely destroy your personality birth control will cause, you know, infertility. You don't need to be on birth control because if you just have sex on your period, you will never get pregnant. Like I'm bombarded with information that I know cannot truly be factually correct, but how do you deal with that information and go with figuring out what's true when these are in a lot of cases, complicated medical procedures or medications? Yeah, this one's tricky because You know, something that we do try and do at Rhea is share stories and Mm -hmm. share experiences Mm -hmm. because it can be healing in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I started by sharing my own story and just my frustration with the system and then 
you know, hearing my story reflected in somebody else, then they can hear their story reflected in mine. It builds community. And that is a powerful tool in, you know, change and also just moving on and dealing with maybe any medical trauma or, you know, your experience that you've had that was negative. So I do think that there is a place for story sharing where I think it becomes harmful is when it takes a tone of fear mongering. And just as you say, Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I tried the IUD. It was horrible. Don't do it. Like it's going to do all of these things and focusing on all of these negative experiences that is then projected onto other people who are maybe like either malleable, young in just starting out in this conversation or, you know, making, trying to make that decision themselves and you know Mm -hmm. you hear so many bad things about one thing and of course you're going to second guess and be like you know maybe it's not the right option for me and that's okay you know sure that that can maybe be helpful for somebody but also it can be narrowing in someone's options and their opportunity to find the birth control method that is the best for them I think you know with social media and with our communication tools now, it is really hard to cut through the noise and to educate people in a way that is unbiased. Something we really try and do at Rea Health because we do understand that it's not a one size fits all. And what works for me probably won't work for you and vice versa. And that's, that's really what we want to hold true and dear and why we our database covers all options available in Canada everything from condoms to the pill to fertility awareness method to the sponge and spermicide like we do need to be informing people on all of these methods when it's when it's right and when it makes sense for them so maybe we can dive deeper into some of those birth control myths i think the first one that i hear all the time is birth control makes you gain weight Are you able to say this is true or untrue, or is it totally dependent on the type of birth control you're on? It depends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So many factors. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, I feel like we hear that in the medical, medical space a lot and with birth control a lot. It's like, it depends, it depends, it depends. And it's fucking annoying, but Mm. it's true. Mm -hmm. And it's true for a couple of reasons. One being, these are medications, these are different routines and methods. And of course, everyone is not the same. So everybody will be responding to these options in a different way. Also, women's health, I'm sure you both know and are aware, women's health, reproductive health, sexual health and wellness, it's been so underfunded, underlooked, under-researched and underappreciated. So there is actually Mm -hmm. still quite a bit about it that we just don't know and don't understand. So we might go to your doctor feeling a certain way and they just don't have the studies and the statistics to validate our experience. It doesn't necessarily mean Mm -hmm. that your experience isn't true because it is. Your experience is always valid, Mm -hmm. but that can be frustrating and disheartening when you go to your doctor saying, you know, I feel off and I just I can't put my finger on it I don't know why but I'm having these mysterious symptoms and I think it's because of my pill and they'll be like no that's crazy you know because we just don't know unfortunately we are learning more so 
one of my favorite researchers, favorite scientists in the space. Her name is Dr. Sarah Hill. She's written a couple of books in this space, but she is doing some groundbreaking research on birth control and how it affects who we are, really. And I think it's fascinating. Everybody check out her work. She's super cool. But on the topic of weight gain, of course, this is, you know, a buzzworthy thing, um, kind of clickbaity, but it is a one of the biggest concerns people have when it comes to trying a new birth control option. So far, studies have shown that the chances of weight gain are like super small, super slim. So we can you know, take some solace in that. Generally, it's paired with other, you know, other factors. Estrogen, there is some bit of water retention. So that can contribute to a couple, they say just a couple of pounds of weight gain, but they say, you know, it, it will kind of even out and subside over time. There's also this idea that some hormonal methods may increase somebody's appetite. So that could contribute to weight gain as well. Could also be, you know, other side effects that are contributing to the weight gain. So for instance, somebody might be moodier than usual on a certain option, and then they're just less motivated to be more active or they're not sleeping Mm. properly. All of these things do contribute to body condition. So it might not necessarily be the birth control is causing the weight gain, but it could be, you know, a side yeah, a yeah. side side effect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't provide like a yes, it does cause weight gain, but that is that is the general research and what we are understanding about it right now. Yeah. I think that's such great perspective. And I think that just how you answered that question can be like a lens and perspective people can apply to any of the myths that you kind of typically hear about birth control. You know what I mean? Like where I also love when you mentioned how birth control is not just like a a pill you take or whatever. It's a lifestyle change and it's that routine change. And like you were saying, comparing it to a fitness routine, of course, there's going to be different ways it impacts each person. So I think just that perspective is so key, even though there wasn't a yes or no answer to it. (laughs) Everything's perspective. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting deep now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I knew there were so many, you know, psychological theories when it came to birth control. So inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the next thing we wanted to talk about was how men fit into this whole conversation, because obviously we've mentioned that a lot of our listeners are female, but we do have some male listeners. And so how do men fit into the birth control conversation? And what are some contraceptions options for men specifically? Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a conversation to be had here with same-sex couples, Mm -hmm. as well as people who don't have ovaries Mm -hmm. can play a role in these conversations by just supporting, you know, support, listen, and always recognizing and understanding that it's the person with the ovaries decision and what they want to do. And yes, it can be a collaborative thing and probably should be a collaborative thing, especially if you are in 
a relationship, I think that there is a lot of power when that responsibility is shared. It's just better overall for the relationship. I, I personally think, and then mm-hmm. some people, some people's ovaries don't really care about that. And they're like, this is my body. Like I want to take ownership for it and, you know, do it all on my own, even though I'm in a five year long relationship. And like, you go girl. <laughs> for, for me, when I was in, in long, longer term committed relationships, it's like, if I'm the one um, responsible for the birth control, then, you know, let's share that cost or, yeah. you know, we'll split that. Or, you know, I remember with a boyfriend, he would put on his alarm for that same time every day. So, so that it was that shared commitment because I was horrible at yeah. taking my pill, just horrible. <laughs> so he would like call and pester me and text me every day until I like com- like confirmed that I had taken it. And that was great. I loved that so much. It just made me feel way more supported than in any other situation that I have experienced. And that worked for us. It might not work for other people, but I do think it is a conversation to be had about, okay, how can we do this together? How can we approach this together? And also, you know, when I was trying going through that trial and error process and going through different options, it was really helpful to have that outside perspective. And it was like, you know, how is this option uh, making you feel like I've mm-hmm. not trying to, you know, step on anybody's toes or make anybody offended, but I've noticed these things. And I'm like, huh, I didn't mm-hmm. notice that. And, you know, it was more of this open conversation that we were kind of approaching together. And I really appreciated that. I think anybody, even if you're, you know, you're a male or a person with a penis that is not in a relationship with somebody who is taking birth control, it is, and you're sexually active, it's something that you should be cognizant about, have more Mm -hmm. conversations about it. You know, I think the birth control conversation needs to become as like, you know, widely accepted as like the consent conversation, if you will. Like, I think it is something that is very important and plays a huge role in sexual activity in our sex lives and in culture. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I do think that there is a role and a place for these conversations. That's my opinion. I think other people are like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And, you know, oh, whatever. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to listening and be supportive and have open, open conversation, open communication, and have an open mind. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, we talk a lot about relationships on our podcast. And the number one thing we say is like, open communication applies to Mm. 99% of issues or anything, really. That's like the most important thing. And I think it goes both ways. So I was actually talking to a friend of mine who identifies as a male, a cis man, and he was saying, you know, I'm not in any relationships, but I don't want to, you know, have a pregnancy that I'm involved in prematurely. So I do approach, you know, hookups and ask them if they're on birth control or, you know, let's use a condom, whatever. And he's like, sometimes I've been met with like very defensive energy and like, why would you be asking that? Like, and I'm like, that is so fascinating to me. And it's, I really respected him bringing that to me and was like, why, why did that happen? And I'm like, "Hmm." (laughs) (laughs) so we had an interesting dialogue and an interesting conversation about it. And I think, you know, 
a hundred percent, it's always up to the person with ovaries. It's their choice, but there is that other piece to it. The other person does have their own role and like takes two to tango. So I do think that there should be more responsibility coming from both sides and both sides need to have an open mind in these conversations when they do come up. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And we've been hearing a lot about like birth control pills for men. Do you know any information about this or can you tell us a little (laughs) more about this? Because it's the same where I just hear like headlines, but I never get the details. Yeah. And so I think this is something that scientists in really all over the world have been trying to tackle and come about. And You know, I haven't actually chatted to a scientist who is doing this research, but what I've heard in the space is there have been a number of studies done, and we've actually gotten to clinical trials where they have a group of cis men using a birth control pill, and the trials end end prematurely because the participants are complaining of things like mood swings, headaches, you know, discomfort. And that makes me so mad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you know, I don't, I hope that we can find an option that Mm -hmm. doesn't cause any side effects. That would be freaking fantastic. But do they know just from this conversation in the past, I don't know how we've been chatting 30 minutes, all of the things that women and people with ovaries have to go through just to have bodily autonomy, mm-hmm. like, fuck you guys, deal with yeah. the fucking headache. Like, mm-hmm. oh, damn it. <laughs> so that's been super frustrating. There are a lot more innovations coming out. So there's another method that I forget what they're calling it. I apologize, but it's going into clinical trials now. And it's basically like, a hot tub for testicles and hmm. you the testicles are heated up through like infrared technology in water to a point where it um pretty much like reduces sperm production to like an absolute minimum it's like highly effective and they just have to do this like once every three months and then hmm. you know it's this non-hormonal method and they're that's fantastic and I think There's Mm -hmm. another option that I heard about. It's a pill. It's also a non-hormonal method that actually two 17-year-olds are creating, which I think is the coolest Mm. thing. (laughs) So there are more innovations coming. It then brings about this conversation of trust and that responsibility. And we know that the Mm -hmm. person with the uterus does bear the brunt of the risk for sure, you know, and would that other person who doesn't have to carry something or carry a child for nine months, will they place the same importance on taking the pill every day as the person with the uterus? I don't know. I hope so. But Mm -hmm. it is the reality of more male birth control options coming about. I don't think that should be a deterrent in funding Mm -hmm. research and funding the development of male contraceptives. But I think it can open a lot of opportunities for opposite sex relationships and, you know, when there is that risk of pregnancy. So I'm excited for more options to come. It's been super slow. You know, people are wimps. (laughs) (laughs) But rightly so. You know, nobody wants to deal with something that's a headache. But yeah. Yeah. 
Amazing. I feel like you've given us so much great information and so much to think about. And this has been extremely empowering, like you said, just kind of giving that decision and information to people to make their own choices. So thank you so much for everything you shared with us. I think the last thing we just wanted to ask you is just where people can find you or find Raya Health on social media, your website, just in case they're intrigued and want to know more information. I know you guys also are posting. Your posts on social media are quite educational. So I think it'd be a great resource for our listeners to reference. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so we are on Instagram and TikTok just at Rhea Health. We're easy to get in touch with over DM, email, through our website, which is www.rayahealth.ca. Our digital team is there to answer any questions. I'm also available there as well. So happy to connect with anyone and everyone. Somebody's interested in going through our process and figuring out which birth control option is best for them and receiving that support end to end. The best way is to um, sign up through our website, again, at www.rayahealth.ca. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. I feel like like Sadie said, this will really resonate with people. I'm personally hyped now. I feel like I need to <laughs> like reevaluate my journey. So that's exciting. And you brought some really great insight. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much for having me. Again, I really appreciate you making the space for me to just ramble on about what I love to do and what I love to talk about. It's you know <laughs> a highlight of my day, a highlight on my Friday and a great nod to, yeah, Rhea, Rhea's two years. Well, thank you so much to Dallas for joining us on this week's episode. We hope that you found it helpful and empowering. Definitely check out Rhea Health. Like we said, it's rayahealth.ca. And you can start your personalized birth control journey there. Also be sure to follow them at Rhea Health on TikTok, Instagram, and on Facebook. You can find them there. Also, follow us (laughs) if you like what you're hearing. We are at our Golden Twenties on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Spotify. We also have a Patreon community, which is the best way to show your support for the podcast. Remember to rate our podcast if you like what you hear. Leave us a comment, anything like that. And follow and subscribe so that you see when new episodes come out. We put out a new episode every single Tuesday. Thanks for listening. <laughs>